We'll move now into the Belgian Confession. We are in Article 13. We've been going through these for, in the Belgic, I think, over a year now. And basically, we just kind of go through these um, point by points uh, so we can better know what it is we believe why, and, and how to communicate that in an effective way. Um, we're in Article 13 of the Belgic Confession. I think this is our fourth week here. And what we'll do is we'll go ahead and read and we'll break down another portion. And so it says, Article 13, titled, The Doctrine of God's Providence. We believe that this good God, after creating all things, did not abandon them to chance or fortune, but leads and governs them according to his holy will, in such a way that nothing happens in this world without God's orderly arrangement. Yet God is not the author of, and cannot be charged with, the sin that occurs. For God's power and goodness are so great and incomprehensible, that God arranges and does his works very well and justly, even when the devils and the wicked act unjustly. We do not wish to inquire with undue curiosity into what God does that surpasses human understanding and is beyond our ability to comprehend. But in all humility and reverence, we adore the just judgments of God, which are hidden from us. Being content to be Christ's disciples, so as to learn only what God shows us in the word, without going beyond those limits. This doctrine gives us unspeakable comfort, since it teaches us that nothing can happen to us by chance, and, but only by the arrangement of our gracious Heavenly Father, who watches over us with fatherly care, sustaining all creatures under his lordship, so that not one of the hairs on our heads, for they are all numbered, nor even a little bird can fall to the ground without the will of the Father. And this thought we rest, knowing that God holds in check the devils and all our enemies who cannot hurt us without divine permission and will. For that reason, we reject the damnable error of the Epicureans who say that God does not get involved in anything and leaves everything to chance. Amen. So today we're going to examine what our attitude towards providence is and should be. Uh, we've spent the last few weeks now, I think like I said, this is our fourth week here. We've been looking at the many things concerning providence. We'll probably spend another maybe two weeks here as well. Uh, it's a big topic. We've been looking at what it is. Uh, we've looked at those who've rejected it in the past and the Epicureans. We've even tackled some of the big questions of how is God sovereign over everything and yet not the author of sin and evil. So this is a very relevant doctrine, and I would say not just because it's a doctrine that literally sustains us at every waking moment that we live, but also because this is still a very big debate within the church. Um, I was talking to a gentleman even just yesterday who believes that things are, he says he's a Christian, he believes things are held by chance. God learns things. God changes his mind on things. He actually just texted me right now. I can see where he's still kind of pushing that. And I found that um, I was relying a lot on the Belgic to kind of show these are the historical points of the Christian religion. These, this is why this is true. And so that's kind of, I guess, emboldened me a little bit and why it's crucial for us as a church to study these topics and to go through these confessions, these creeds, and these catechisms, not just for us, but also so that we can communicate this to others in a gracious and respectable and truthful way. And so we'll look today at our attitude of this doctrine. And the Belgic sums us up with the following. It says, we do not wish to inquire with undue curiosity into what God does that surpasses 
human understanding and is beyond our ability to comprehend. But in all humility and reverence, we adore the just judgments of God, which are hidden from us, being content to be Christ's disciples so as to learn only what God shows us in the word without going beyond those limits. And so the Belgic here employs the, the classic distinction, a classic Protestant distinction used by the Lutherans and the Reformed in God hidden and God revealed. Um, shortly summarized, there are things God has revealed about himself. We know this. We have scripture. There is also a lot he has not revealed about himself. He is infinite. We are finite. Uh, we cannot grasp everything about God. Um, not just because we're finite, but he simply hasn't revealed everything to us. Uh, we see this in scripture in Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. And so there are things that only God knows about himself, and really this shouldn't be all that surprising. But there are also things God has revealed to man, and that should be, frankly, rather amazing. He did not have to reveal himself to man, but he has chosen to do so. The secret things, though, the Belgic says, surpasses human understanding. It's beyond what we can grasp. We cannot comprehend it. And therefore, it says, we do not wish to inquire with undue curiosity. Uh, much of this is really speaking to our posture when we look at these topics. Instead of curiously inquiring into hidden things, we should rather, it says, with all humility and reverence, adore these things. Then, as for the things that are revealed within the word, as disciples of Christ, we will learn those things alone. Without transgressing the limits God has set in place for us, without trying to knock down the walls that he has established for us. Um, this does not mean, however, that we fall into an era of biblicism. Uh, we don't look only for what is explicitly said in Scripture and just teach that and affirm that. If we did that, we couldn't really teach the doctrine of the Trinity. Good and necessary consequence is still affirmed by the Belgic and the Reformed. But we must be at peace that there will frankly be things that we will not be able to figure out. And that is totally 100% okay. Um, our religion will have mysteries. Paul talks about the mystery of the gospel even. Even things about the gospel were mysterious to the Apostle Paul. You will not get further than the Apostle Paul, I think, in this life on that. But God has seen fit to reveal things to us that are necessary for our salvation and for our practice of this religion. And he has seen fit to keep things hidden of the infinite from our finite minds. And so questions such as, and these are real questions. These are, these are big questions. Such as how would the tragic death of my dear loved one be something that occurred from the hand of God and yet God is not a murderer? It's a big question. It's one that we can, we can address to a degree but it's one we also have to realize we will not be able to address it to the fullest degree. God has not revealed that to us. Instead, we trust in God. We stand in awe, and it's as we sing and worship, we say, though you slay me, yet I will praise you. Though you take from me, I will bless your name. Though you ruin me, still I will praise you.